For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. So yesterday afternoon, I led a three and a half hour seminar about one of Dogen's major works, Dogen's extensive record, which is a big volume. Those of you who know something about Dogen probably know about uh, his other masterwork, Shobo Genzo. To Dharma I Treasury. Uh, this one is, uh, I translated it with Shomaku Okamura and uh, is different in style. Shobo Genzo has longer verses that are uh, elaborate on koans or themes or particular uh, stories, particular uh, people in the lineage, particular ancestors. Uh, in Hikoroku, uh, and, and most of Shobogenzo, vast majority of it was written within a few years, from 1242 to 1245, while Dogen was moving his whole Sangha from Kyoto way up to the capital, in, way up to the mountains, and from the capital way up to the mountains in northern Japan, where he founded a Heiji temple. So I think there's a couple of people here in the room, at least one person online who was here yesterday. But I'm going to try and uh, just give uh, a few selections from this uh, this text, most of which is uh, Dharma Hall discourses, Jodo, uh, which were very different from the, the form of the long essays in Shobo Genzo. They were short, mostly very short, formal, Dogen, sitting up on the Dharma seat in the Dharma hall and the monk standing. So this covers material from uh, the first volume is from his period in Kyoto, 1233 to 1243. Um, And then uh, the rest of it is from a from his monastery in the north. So this is our record of his mature teachings. So I'm just going to give some excerpts of short excerpts, uh, and then we can have some discussion. The first two are kind of in honor of our Rohatsu Sashin coming up in December, our first Rohatsu Sashin since 2019, um, that Hogesu and I are going to lead together, focused on the uh, an essay by one of Dogen's great disciples, Kohen Ejo, his main disciple, uh, Amongst those who compiled the Eikoroku, and uh, that that essay that we will talk about is the Samadhi of the Treasury of Radiance. But there's a couple of rel- short relevant things from Eikoroku. So in 1242, before he moved from Kyoto, he said the following: Everybody has their own radiance. The Buddha Hall and Monks Hall can never be destroyed. Now I ask you, 
Where do you all come from? The radiance allows the radiance to respond. So as I said yesterday, this isn't about light. This is, although it's about light, but it's also about sounds and smells and physical sensations and everything in the whole world. Everybody has their own radiance. The Buddha Hall, the monks hall, can never be destroyed. Now I ask you, where do you come from? And I see people here from many uh, places. Uh, we're in autumn, but I see Juan Pablo is here from spring in Patagonia. And we've got people here from New Mexico and um, Michigan and Ohio and anyway. Um, so um, in his poetry, so part of the Ikaroku is a collection of his Chinese poetry going up to his very last years, but also including poems from his uh, student, from his studies in China, 1223 to 1227. So here's another, here's a poem. The wonder has been expounded and the mystery discussed, but who can reach them? Forgetting words and quietly sitting, the mouth is straight as a wire. A good teacher penetrates both essence and expression. On the hundred grass tips, the radiance glistens. So mm -hmm. this radiance is everywhere. This radiance is talking about the Buddha nature, so to speak. So again, I'm just going to give some samples and then we can have some discussion. This is from a slightly longer Dharma Hall discourse in 1252, his last year of teaching, Abhijit. You should know that becoming a Buddha is not something new or ancient. How could practice realization be within any boundary do not say that from the beginning not a single thing exists. And of course, that was the famous saying by the sixth ancestor. But Dogen says, do not say that from the beginning not a single thing exists. The causes are complete and the results are fulfilled through time. Great assembly, please tell me, why is it like this? After a pause, Logan said, opening flowers will unfailingly bear the genuine fruit. Green leaves meeting autumn immediately turn red. So we're seeing this outside now here in Chicago. Although around me, they're more, mostly turning yellow. I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen any red, but I'm sure that that's around as well. Um, I'll read it again. You should know that becoming a Buddha is not something new or ancient. How could practice realization be within any boundary? Do not say that from the beginning, not a single thing exists. The causes are complete and the results are fulfilled. Your time, great assembly, please tell me why is it like this? So as I said yesterday, in his later years especially, Dogen emphasized the importance of uh, causes and conditions. 
the importance of karma, the importance of allowing our ancient twisted karma as we regularly chant. Uh, the causes are complete, the results are fulfilled. So this is about how do we bring our insight into suchness or emptiness or wholeness or whatever you want to call the ultimate into our everyday activity. This is our emphasis in Sutta Zen. How do we take care of the things of this world and their causes and conditions, which are fulfilled through time? And after a pause, Dogen said, opening flowers will unfailingly bear genuine truth. Green leaves meeting autumn immediately turn red. So here opening flowers is, is certainly about the flowers that open in spring. Maybe more now where Juan Pablo is in the southern hemisphere, but yeah, opening flowers unfailingly bear genuine fruit. These opening flowers also have to do with our zazen, what's happening on your seat, our sangha, flowering and fruiting of zangas, opening flowers or unfailingly bear genuine fruit. And green leaves, meeting autumn immediately turn red. So again, I'm just going to read some excerpts. This one is um, also from later on, 1251. It's uh, one of my favorites, one of the most important little things, and, and there's so many ways this whole book book is just for the record, uh, 800 pages. Anyway, um, in 1251, Dogen said, and for those who don't know, and I assume you all do, but Dogen was the founder of our tradition who lived in 13th century Japan, went to China and brought back the Soto lineage to Japan. Anyway, in 1251, he said, the family style of all Buddhas and ancestors is to first arouse the vow to save all living beings by removing suffering and providing joy. That's the starting point of our practice. First, arouse the vow to save, to free all living beings, to remove suffering and provide joy. Of course, this is very challenging in the world we live in now, with difficulties of war and genocide and ethnic cleansing and terrorist attacks and climate catastrophe. Um, still, our practice is about freeing all beings. Removing suffering, providing joy. Only this family style, Dogen says, is inexhaustibly bright and clear. In the lofty mountains, we see the moon for a long time. As clouds clear, we first recognize the sky. Cast loose down the precipice, the moonlight shares itself within the 10,000 forms. Even when climbing up the bird's path, taking good care of, of yourself is spiritual power. 
So freeing all beings, removing suffering, bringing joy doesn't mean ignoring your own um, good care. So we take so we take care of ourselves. We have compassion for ourselves. Uh, we find our balanced way of sustaining our practice, whatever that is for you. And um, then we take on this vow. So he says, uh, in the lofty mountains, we see the moon for a long time. As clouds clear, we first recognize the sky. So he was talking metaphorically, but also literally, because he was living up in the mountains in uh, northern Japan, very mountainous area. Uh, you can see for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. Uh, but um, uh, this also applies, you know, to uh, being in the lofty mountains for a long time. It means also sustaining our practice for a long time or doing longer practices. So Hokets is going to lead an all-day sitting next month, and we're going to have this five-day Rahatsu Sashin. You're all welcome to online or in person getting one or two or up to five days, uh, taking the time to see the clouds clear and to first recognize the sky is vital to our practice. But then cast loose down the precipice. Yeah. And maybe it was Brian to yesterday. You know, appreciated that word precipice. Um, down, cast loose down, down the mountains, down from our lofty heights, down from our uh, glimmer, taste of full awakening and wholeness. Um, the moonlight shares itself with the 10,000 forms. So this is about how do we practice off the cushion? How do we extend our awareness from zazen into everyday activity. This is key practice in Sutta Zen. It's not just about getting high or having some funny, wonderful, great experience of radiance um, or, or having some great understanding of that, which is possible. But how do we then share it? in this difficult, troubled world. So he says, Sir Dogen says, cast loose down the precipice, the moonlight shares itself within the 10,000 forms. Even when climbing up the bird's path, taking good care of yourself is spiritual power. So the bird's path goes back to Dongshan, the founder of our lineage in China. And uh, it's an image for how you know how we practice and sustain our practice and continue our practice without knowing exactly you know how what the outcome is where it's going how to how, it, you know maybe we see the next step um, of course birds maybe birds see trails in the sky we don't see the birds that um, they somehow know how to migrate uh, in the same area or 
years and years and centuries. Anyway, so the first step is an old image for for our practice. Goes back to the Prussian Prometheus. So taking good care of yourself is spiritual power. So please take care of all beings and take care of yourself. This is the style, the family style of all Buddhas and ancestors and of our lineage. A few more of these. Maybe I'll, I'll save this one for later. Um, oh, this is a good one. This is, this is, so this refers to dropping off body mind. And this is a phrase that Dogen uses regularly for a complete letting go, dropping off body and mind. It's a synonym for zazen for Dogen. It's also a synonym for complete unsurpassed, complete awakening. Uh, dropping off body and mind. Dropping off body and mind. Doesn't mean to get to, it's not about, you know, that old, maybe we're past that. Maybe, I don't know if there's still ten places that practice the body is in, but anyway, um, dropping off body and mind doesn't mean destroying body and mind. It means not being caught by so we say that delusions are innumerable without a cut through them. Cutting through our delusions from body and mind. Anyway, dropping body and mind is something he talks about a lot, a lot. That and Buddha going beyond Buddha. So when if you when you have some great realization of emptiness or wholeness or suchness or Buddha, whatever you want to call it, um, that's just the beginning of your practice. Please continue. Chakimuni Buddha in northeastern, what's now northeastern India, uh, had his great awakening and became the Buddha. And he kept sitting and awakening every day. So, Buddha going beyond Buddha, dropping off body and mind. Dogen talks about those more than he talks about um, Shikantaza or just sitting. Okay, uh, that's a long introduction to this short Dharma Hall discourse. Dropping off body and mind, Dogen says, is good practice. So, in the, in Hekoroku, we see Dogen's sense of humor and his personality much more than in Shabbat like the Dropping off body and mind is good practice. <laughs> yes, it is. Make a vigorous effort to pierce your nostrils. Karmic consciousness is endless with nothing fundamental to rely on, including not others, not self, not sentient beings, and not causes and conditions either. either. Although this is so, he continues, eating breakfast comes first. <laughs> <laughs> so we take care of ourselves. Eating, uh, enjoying breakfast is a, is a great uh, uh, Zen tradition. Uh, so, um, yeah, how do we take care of all of this? In the middle of this, he says, karmic consciousness is endless with nothing fundamental to rely on, including not others. Oh, no, before that, make a vigorous effort to pierce your nostrils. And when I first saw that, I thought that meant refer to, you know, breathing fully, enjoying inhale and exhale. And yes, it can also refer to that, but 
It's also an image from Zen tradition of uh, some of you know about the ox herding pictures. Uh, the ox has his nose pierced, and there's a, uh, a rope or a line to the, the ox tamer uh, who leaves. So, this is an image for following the teaching. Let yourself be uh, a good student, which means to uh, listen to teachers and be led by teachers or be led by the teacher and let, be led by the Dharma, be led by the Sangha. So, just as an aside announcement, which I'll probably forget later, here at Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, we have numbers of teachers and practice leaders, and you can uh, make appointments to talk with us um, about your practice, just an email at goatancientdragon.org. Anyway, um, although all this is so, eating breakfast comes first. Let's see, maybe I have time for a few more. So as I, as I mentioned, there are lots of these uh, short Chinese verses that Dogen threw out a heckle of them. Some of them from when he was a student in, uh, and met his teacher Chen Dongjing in China. He was in China. Dogen was in China, 1223 to 27. But then there's also many verses from his uh, late years at Aheji. So Ehikoku is, is, you know, the, the text for Dogen's mature later teachings. And some scholars who, who don't really know about Ehikoku and just want, you know, know how wonderful Shogogenzo is, think that he was finished teaching when he moved to Aheji. But there's wonderful things from later on. Um, so, uh, I'm just going to read a couple. So this one's a little bit earlier, and it refers to previous times from his verses at the time of leisurely seclusion. So uh, this is a phrase, leisurely seclusion, that refers to not being in a residential monastery. So the time point after Dogen came back from China and before he set up his temple and monastery in southern Kyoto, this refers back to that. That, that uh, temple Koshoji was in Fukakso, which is an area at that time a suburb, a southern suburb of Kyoto. In birth and death, we sympathize with ceasing then arising. Both deluded and awakened paths proceed within a dream, and yet there's something difficult to forget in leisurely seclusion in Fukakso. Sound of evening rain. So, maybe any of you who have sat in the evening and heard the rain falling outside or on the roof um, can feel what Dogen is talking about. There's something difficult to forget. An evening seclusion. Sound of evening rain. Starts in birth and death, we sympathize with ceasing and arising. So this is, you know, 
change kind of permanence is the one arising. And we sympathize. We, we sympathize with those who pass or get killed. And next Sunday we'll have a sabbati ceremony, including honoring the people who have passed uh, in the last year. In birth and death, we sympathize with ceasing and arising. Both deluded and awakened paths proceed within a dream. I could give a whole wrap on this, but um, it, so first of all, Dogen talks about the point of our practice is not to get rid of delusion and get a get a hold a hold of a tight grasp on awakening. We are in delusion throughout delusion. We are in awakening throughout awakening. He says in the poem. So both deluded and awakening paths proceed within a dream. One of the Shobogenzo essays that I translated in Pastanahashi is about expressing the dream within a dream. So, and back in medieval Japan, Dogen's time, they had a great respect for dreams. There were a number of great teachers, uh, somewhat Dogen, but especially Keizan, was the second founder of Soto Zen, two generations after Dogen, who had many dreams, and he moved his temples and ordained people based on things that happen in dreams. And Dogen talks about in this essay to express the dream within a dream. And uh, there's an old Zen poem, Marilyn, 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 Marilyn. Life is but a dream. So, um, anyway. And yet, there's something difficult to forget. Malaysia was seclusion in the Kyoto suburbs. Sound of evening rain. Discussion, but one more poem. This is from much later on. This is one of his verses on snow. In our lifetime, false and true, good and bad are confused. He was saying that then. <laughs> uh, I think we might say it too. In our lifetime, false and true, good and bad are confused. Just look at the politicians. Anyway, while playing with the moon, scorning the wind, and listening to birds for many years, I nearly saw that mountains had snow. This winter, suddenly, I realized that snow makes the mountains. And, and this uh, also, that last part could also be read as snow completes the mountains or fulfills the mountains. So he was sitting in the Heiji. Heiji and looking out on all the mountains covered with snow. Uh, and for many years, he says, I merely saw that mountains had snow. Mountains had snow on them. Suddenly, this winter, I realized snow makes the mountains. So, when we see, so this is not something common for people in Chicago. How many of you, so all, all of the people in the room, um, are living in Chicago? 
or thereabouts. How many of you have ever seen mountains? Quite a few. Okay. So maybe you know about mountains being made from snow. <laughs> so uh, there was one more I was going to read, but I, I want to leave time for questions and responses. There's the one I was going to read is about Well, the essential meaning of Buddha Dharma, and it's addressed to one of his great disciples, the nun, real name. Uh, but I don't know, we can just have discussion now, or do you want to hear that? Okay, somebody wants to. Hear. So, this was addressed to Ryonan, who was one of his, one of Dogen's main disciples. She, she in Kyoto, I think there's no record of her being up at any age, so maybe she stayed behind in Kyoto. With, a lot of the assembly moved up to aging. Maybe she was old, we don't really know. Maybe she was older than Dogen and too old to go up to trek up to the mountainous area. And there, this is from one of, not from his Dharma Hall discourse, but from one of his Dharma words in volume eight. It's a little bit longer, not that long. Um, and there are a few um, of his Dharma talks in that section that are addressed to her. So she was an important disciple for him. And again, uh, before I read this, just to note that in most of East Asian Buddhism, the, the culture around them was very patriarchal. So um, anyway, I'll just do this. Wayfarer Riona, you have the seeds of Prajna from early on in life. Intently aspiring to the great way of Buddha ancestors. Although you are a woman, you have strong, robust aspiration. So, this is the patriarchal culture. Without begrudging any effort in nurturing the way, for you, I will demonstrate the precise meaning of coming from the West. So, that's a phrase about Bodhidharma coming to China from India, but it also means the Essential meaning of Buddha Dharma, the precise meaning of coming from the West. So that is, what it says, if you do not hold on to a single phrase or half a verse, a bit of talk or a small expression in this lump of red flesh, you will have some accord with the clear, cool ground. If you hold on to a single word or half a phrase of the Buddha ancestors' sayings or of the koans from the ancestral gate, they will become dangerous poisons. If you want to understand this mountain monk's activity, do not remember these comments. <laughs> Truly avoid being caught up in thinking. So uh, please don't. Remember getting caught by any of these wonderful teachings. And there's a little there's a little bit of a, a, a twist here because he's telling her this, but is she gonna remember it? <laughs> anyway, okay, um, that's enough. Please don't remember any of this, but you can go back and read them in Dogen's extensive record if you want. The point of of studying the Dharma in our tradition. The point of studying sutras or studying old sayings or studying koans is not to get some understanding of something. 
not to reach some exalted state, but simply to support your ongoing practice. So whatever inspires you to continue practicing, that's the point, the purpose of Dharma study. So um, comments, questions, I can go back and review any of those if you'd like, or any question or comments about any of those, or anything else. And uh, David Ray, would you please help me uh, if there are people online? Uh, so Dylan, why is it so important to drop off body and mind? Um, isn't isn't body and mind necessary to express Buddha? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, drop off body and mind doesn't mean to get rid of your body, to get rid of your mind. Use your mind, use your body to express Buddha. But he's talking about dropping off our attachments, dropping off, you know, we may have uh, wonderful phys physical experiences in our zazen or, or in walking down the street of openness, of seeing, of being, feeling whole, or whatever, uh, however you want to say it. Uh, and also with your mind, it's not that you should get rid of your mind. As I said, it's, this is not the part of the Zen. Use your mind, use your thinking mind to express and share this wonderful teaching. So dropping body mind means, means letting go of our attachments and our, and our, and, and being caught by body mind. Does that help? It helps, but, but if you're, how is attachment different or the same from relationship? If everything's if everything's interrelated. Yeah, honor your attachments. Okay. So uh, we have attachments. We have uh, in the in the Heart Sutra we say uh, forms, feelings, perceptions. What how what our translation says anyway. The second one, the second of those uh, is feelings, and that doesn't mean emotions. That's a technical term in Buddhism. It means positive, negative, or neutral responses. So we always have either positive, negative, or neutral responses to whatever shows up in front of us. Um, so we have aversions and we have attachments. And to pretend that we don't have any of those, to just kind of, you know, escape uh, into emptiness or something. That's not the practice. The practice is to acknowledge our interested karma. So Dogen talks about that in a couple of the things I've read. We honor the causes and conditions of our life. So whatever attachments you have, honor them, but don't let them get in the way of wholeness and openness. And we, and we, honor, we also honor our aversion. So right now, in this world, there are terrible things happening and we, you know, we want to help or respond, and how do we do that without uh, getting caught up in rage and hatred? This is a challenging practice. That's what that's that's uh, some of what dropping body and mind refers to. Yes, Eve, you had something. So I wanted to know more about that term, family style. Sure. Um, Hogetsu uses that term a lot, and. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and it's a, like, what's it a translation of? 
It's, so literally, it's, it could be translated as house rims. But it means the family style. It means, so in, in our lineage of Soto Zen, there's a particular family style uh, that goes back to Dogen and other Soto Zen teachers. It has to do with expressing our awakeness, our wokeness, as it's now called, to in the everyday, in our everyday activity. That's part of our family style. Um, but the way Dogen uses it in the passage that I read is the family style of all Buddhist ancestors. So what is our uh, what is our practice as we follow awakening, awakening, and awakening being? So other people, any other questions, comments, responses? Brian. Um, just some thoughts that arose due to Dylan's question. Uh, it occurs to me that another key passage from Dogen that everyone knows by heart is to study the way is to study the self. To study the self is to lose the self or let go of the self. And dropping body and mind to me has always been an analogous metaphor to that aspect of losing or dropping the self. And you don't disappear, what happens is you lose the self-referentiality that we're all conditioned to have. And so you're still in conditions, but now you're not in conditions, you are conditions, you know, and so right. So that opens you up to transcendent compassion of the bodhisattva that doesn't think about himself first before going to help. There's just helping hands. Right, right. So, yeah, the translation we use says, but to study the way is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. Yeah, the way it's... Yeah, right. it's, 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 yeah what you said also works. So to let go of our self-attachments. And it really points and, back beyond Dogen to the Buddha's first discourse where he says, Dukkha, in short, is the five aggregates subject to clinging. Right. So if we cling to our, our, our opinions or our perceptions uh, and so forth, or to particular forms, yes. Right. But he says to study the ways to study the self, to study the self is to forget the self. And, you know, uh, I think some Zen students skip over studying the self and they want to forget the self. Mm -hmm. So studying the self is forgetting the self. To actually know one's own stuff. I, I don't know, maybe another psychological term for that, but to, to, <laughs> to, What's that? Pretty good. Okay. <laughs> to study all of our karmic consciousness and all of our preferences and opinions and aversions and so forth, to actually become intimate with who this body-mind is, is forgetting the self. But we have to actually do the work of studying the self. And then he says to forget the self is to be awakened by all things. So this is, this is uh, you know, and he talks about that, Dogen and, and all of Zen talks about that. So thank you. Brian, it looked like you might have a comment or question. Not that I know of. No. Okay. Good. Good for you. <laughs> so um, yeah, if there's no other comments, we could we could stop. But uh, if you have anybody has another response or question.
So taking care of yourself is good practice. Eating breakfast comes first. So please enjoy your practice. Enjoy your inhale and exhale. Enjoy this wonderful opportunity we have in this world to just sit upright and be present and do our best to respond to everything that's happening around us. So thank you all very much.